I'm only as good as as yeah. what I choose to do that day. Like, yeah. have I chosen to take some time for myself today? Have I chosen to connect with my feelings today? Have I chosen to take a minute just to breathe? Have I thought about, you know, am I doing trying to do too much today? You know, I'm only as good as a day, really. That's how I look at it. So yeah, and that keeps yeah. me really, that keeps me just growing and sharing. And as I say, sort of hurting and then heal it and then, and then helping and then sharing. Hello and welcome to the Grounded Families podcast with me, Julia Goodall, psychologist and coach. This is a podcast for all families navigating life, love and relationships. We delve into our stories and experiences of family and how these go on to shape and change who we are. I'm so happy to have you here. Hi, welcome to this week's episode. This week on the podcast, I speak with the wonderful Zoe Blasky. She's the founder of Motherkind and a transformational coach. She's also the founder of the podcast by the same name called Motherkind, which is nearing their 200th episode, she said. Um, It's such a wonderful resource um, with experts and shared sort of journeys that, that Zoe speaks through her own experiences Um, and all sorts of wisdom from other people. She is warm and wise and um, very generous in the way she shares her story. And I can't wait for you to have a listen. I think this is for anybody who, I was gonna say is a parent, but I think just is a human being um, and lives with self-doubt around who they are and how they function in the world. Um, And anybody who wants to expand and to try things a different way. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Um, Zoe is really a collector of other people's stories and it's such a privilege to be able to have her story on on this podcast. So I hope you enjoy. Today on the podcast we have Zoe Blasky from Motherkind who has very kindly come on to chat with me. And I'm so excited to finally get to talk to you. Thank you for having me. It's a joy. It's nice to be the guest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. My goodness. So you have done over, I think, like over 200 episodes on your podcast now? Nearly 200. Yeah, we'll have 200 uh, at the end of May. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So very, very seasoned. Not compared to some, but, you know, yeah. It's been four years nearly. Gosh, okay. So I was introduced to your podcast through a friend of mine only last year um, and did a bit of a deep dive into all the wonderful kind of episodes and incredible people that you've spoken to and um, I guess learned from as well. It just feels like a really um, like a generative podcast. And um, I'd love to hear a little bit about your story and how you got into this work. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for listening to the podcast. So I had a breakdown breakthrough I would guess I'd prefer to call it when I was in my early 20s and that set me off on a path of just being super interested in trauma and how we can have things happen to us and heal and recover from them so Mm -hmm. I started to um really delve into that sort of inner work I guess you would call it and that looked like coaching and therapy and healing and um 
and 12-step recovery as well. So I then started to change really what my life looked like throughout my 20s, although, you know, far from healed. I don't think that that happens, but my life started to change and I met someone lovely and we got married and um, yeah, and then I had a baby and Jesse, my oldest is now six. And when I was in the throes of that, early motherhood it felt like another rock bottom to me it felt like another moment where I just couldn't find my feet and that's how I'd felt sort of 10 years prior when I was going through that really sort of dark night dark night of the soul period and so I just turned to google which is sort of what any good millennial does right (laughs) and um, what I found was lots 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 of content about what to wear how to feed the baby, lots of content about when to go back to work or how to start a side hustle or what brand of gin to drink, you know, because mm-hmm. in the UK, there's very much a sort of, if you find it hard, drink through it culture. Yeah. And I was sober, so none of that spoke to me. And I was really looking for content that was describing my internal experience. It wasn't really anything. Jesse was incredible. It was what was going mm-hmm. on with me. Okay. Um, that I wanted to understand and unpack and learn about. So I thought, well, I'm going to have to just figure this out then. So I started to delve into, um, I went back to my sort of books. I went back to some of my favorite writers and teachers like Eckhart Tolle and um, just incredible people like that. And I started Mm -hmm. to read about motherhood and mother wound. And I started to really understand the different dynamics that can come up when you have a child and and why that is. And I just dived into it. That's just the person Mm -hmm. that I've always been. If I have a problem, I go and research it and I learn about it. And as I was doing this more and more, I was feeling better and better. Okay. And I was feeling more and more comfortable within my role as a mother. I was feeling more and more comfortable within myself. I was starting to feel my sort of grounding again. I was starting to put boundaries down again. I was starting to protect my time more. I was feeling more confident in the decisions that I was making. Mm -hmm. And um, a friend said to me, I was still complaining one day to a friend about, you know, why isn't this stuff more widely available? I wish every mother could hear this. It's just so important. And there's so much rubbish out there. And she said, well, why don't you do it? And, um, interestingly I think this is a truism of life the thing that you're most called to do you have the biggest resistance towards mm. because I'm like absolutely not I'm there's no <laughs> background I was a I was a marketing consultant that's what I was doing I was like yeah. I don't enter this world professionally I love being a consumer of this world of content yes. um transformation and healing you know I love reading the books and going to the workshops and doing the retreats and I I love it I don't want to be a creator of it But sure enough, you know, it's sort of the idea then the the seed was planted. Mm. And there had always been deep down within me, a part of me that wanted to share more publicly and widely the work that I'd been doing on my inner self, even though it was absolutely petrifying to me. So I recorded six episodes and I managed to do that by telling myself that I didn't need to put them out. I would record them and... (laughs) And I put so them with out. With guests or on your own? No, 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 with guests. Okay, with, okay. Yeah. So I did 
to tell them that deal. I just thought I'll just <laughs> the only way that I could get myself to do it because I was there was the resistance was so mm. hard doing it. I was so nervous. Like I'd never, I'd never even really done, I'd never interviewed anyone ever. Like I was, I was in a corporate, like I, yeah. it was totally, it was totally um, new. And that took a lot of courage, actually, as particularly, you know, as Jesse at that point was only 18 months. So I was still sort of mm. you know, le- learning, sharing, learning, sharing, which is still what I do now. That's not changed. So I put the six episodes out and the, the feedback was, was, was incredible. And the, the rest is, the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. I think there's also that time of motherhood, like right in the beginning where your self-concept is shifting still and, um, I don't know, just a bit more sort of wobbly around the edges. And so it feels particularly brave at that time as well to do something like that. Yeah. Um, that yeah. feels huge. Well, I didn't know about the word matrescence. Like I'd never heard that word. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the moment I started researching and, and digging into things like that, I was like, well, this makes sense. You know, it makes sense. Yeah. is shifting and changing. And also, you know, I started to think about what do I want to model to this little girl? Like, do I want to model being mm-hmm. in a job that, doesn't light me up or could I do something and you know could I show her that you can try new things I, you know at one point I was like I'm pretty sure this is going to fail I can teach her that you can try and fail and yeah you know, exactly. so I, it was it was the the, the concept of of modeling which I talk mm. about a lot I'm really okay. passionate about teaching that because okay. it's it's sort of not talked about enough I don't think um, mm. in, the, in the motherhood and the parenting arena so yeah I was really starting to think about what do I want to what do I want to model and that gave me the the impetus to start and and keep going yeah but it's it's definitely a, a challenge you know raising a family and I've got another little one now okay. you know, and doing this work it's challenging on many levels it's challenging mm. you know the, the the kind of content world is a beast that needs forever feeding <laughs> yes <laughs> and so it's almost after every interview and I'm sure that you relate to this that there's things for me to go and reflect on mm. and it's stretchy work eh? yeah, yeah. I need to make sure that I'm building in enough time in my schedule and day to do that integration work to myself mm. you know? Because yeah. I come from, you know, lots of pain and dysfunction and, you know, I've had some really hard things happen in my life. So I'm, I'm still continually working on my mm-hmm. own feeling that never ends. Yeah. So it's trying to always sort of think, okay, well, I, you know, I, I hurt and then I heal and then I help. I hurt, I heal, I help. And I, I just mm-hmm. doing that cycle. Modeling that cycle, yeah. That's actually one thing I really love about your podcast is that you are so present in it and that you say so much of your own experience and um that I don't know that you are just real in it and vulnerable about that cycle that this is an ongoing process as if anyone who's honest it is for everybody you know and yeah you're never at the end of it and I think I really love that I think it helps people connect with you um in the way that you are so frank about what's difficult and what you struggle with it's really lovely it's also something quite a playful thing to do a podcast. I feel like I love how you just launched into it and said, we'll see what happens. Like six like episodes, see where it goes. Um, and that it doesn't really matter. Like just sometimes the act of doing that and the creativity of it and the connection with the people you interviewed. And I really love that. I think that that's also as a lesson for your children is so beautiful. So see what happens. Yeah, 
I think it's so easy to get stuck in sort of overthinking and analysis and is this the right thing would I you know journaling pages and pages and pages on it and I think sometimes that's really useful but also sometimes it's just taking the action Mm. and seeing and I think and I think that takes it does take a leap of courage and you know the other thing is that I'm also really privileged so Mm. you need a certain amount of privilege in order to just decide that you're going to do a podcast you know I could afford a laptop I could afford a microphone I could Mm. afford to because the podcast didn't earn me a penny for about 18 months Mm. so I think I think it's important to say that as well that it's a big outlay yeah Yeah. there's a certain amount of privilege involved in being able to to start a creative pursuit like that um and I'm I'm super aware of that. And I think that's something we have to be careful of mm-hmm. as well when we talk about these stories. Um, mm-hmm. because because definitely, you know, and I had lots of support from my family and my partner to help to help me to do it. And that's not available for everyone. So yeah, it's a privilege. And I just I just decided to to do it. And I think I think there is there's a real magic sometimes in just taking action on something. Yeah and learning from it I think mm-hmm. as you're as long as you're willing to do that reflection and that learning whatever it is actually mm-hmm. then I think I think that's the way to to grow isn't it is that you, you mm-hmm. have an idea or you think about something new you might want to try with your children or setting a boundary with your partner you've not set before you know you do mm-hmm. it and you learn and you're going to get more information so yeah, that's no matter what happens yeah that's how I just try to approach things is mm. is I'm just going to gather information mm. and it might tell me that I'm terrible at this or that I needed to do it better or that I could do it this way next time or actually it doesn't feel right at all and I'm not going to do yeah. it yeah. but I'm going to I'm going to learn from from mm. trying it and I think you know that's essentially the growth mindset isn't it yeah I think it's so easy to get stuck in that fixed mindset in that in that idea that we can't we can't do something um because we've never done it before or there's that very real fear fear of failure which I think is is very prevalent I wonder so much about that I mean in the way that we raise kids at the moment with so much um emphasis on kind of consequence around experimentation and play and I feel like we are teaching children sometimes too much to worry about what happens next that actually they're in a time of life where I mean firstly they have no frontal lobe developed and they can't they can't predict the future but there's so much consequence and I feel like sometimes it takes away from just doing things for the fun of it or the experience of it Um, and that's something I feel so grateful to my parents for having instilled is just they would often just say like you've said just do it like it actually doesn't matter the experience is the thing that matters and then you decide if you want to carry on or stop or see where it leads to and I feel sometimes with our kids we are life is so pressured for them in a way that maybe wasn't 30 years ago 20 years ago Uh, and I think yeah again there's something lovely in modeling that lesson of just give it a go just see what happens you just never know where something leads to and I think in your case like the incredible meetings of all these minds um and that's something I'm fascinated by also it's like podcasting is kind of the modern day equivalent of like campfire chatting and stories and passing down um learning and lesson and like real also like deep spiritual growth um and it seems to me that you are like a collector of stories. It feels like if you look at your podcast, 
you can see that kind of meandering um, journey of then you're interested in this and then that and um, it's so beautiful, do you know what I mean, to have a place to have those collected um, for people to go back to and for you to go back to it's like this beautiful journey that's recorded. Yeah it's incredible isn't it and I love the way that you've described that around um the the modern campfire you're absolutely right it's a, re- it's a really poignant way to put it that is how it feels and it feels like a privilege and I've always been a communicator I've always thought deeply about things so mm-hmm. to be able to do that with as you say some of the incredible wisdom and mm-hmm. yeah it's just it's just mind-blowing and I always try and speak to people who have far more far more wisdom on a subject than I do always I always want to be the sort of person learning in the room yeah that's where I feel most comfortable <laughs> so um, yeah so so yeah I think I think that it, it is a it is such a, a privilege and you know having a having a platform is also a responsibility yeah so you absolutely. know with the comes comes responsibility for sure you know that we're seeing play out at mm. the moment in the podcasting world so yeah mm. it's 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 fascinating. I love it. The journey of it. What has it meant for your own family? Like all of this learning? Because I know, I mean, I sometimes find with like therapy and all of the kind of work and learning that goes into that, that I found particularly when I was first a mum, that that really actually overshadowed the way I was able to connect. I felt like a bit, little bit stuck in my head. And then I wonder with like your experience of being with people, like you say, with this incredible knowledge and wisdom, and how do you, how does that translate into your real life? Yeah, it's a good question. I think, I think that experience that you describe of feeling stuck in your own head, like I know that experience and I've had, Mm. I've had moments of that where I've sort of gone through a, you know, I've realized something or something's come up and yeah, I definitely in the short term have noticed that, that it will block my ability to Mm. connect before I move it from my head where I'm thinking about it, trying to figure out down into my body and into Mm. my heart. What I've, what I've really learned is that that's a that's a process like me I tend to get things cognitively first Mm -hmm. so I will get an idea or a concept or something that might have come up or shifted or changed and then I'll think about it I'll write about it and then slowly I'll sort of move into the embodiment of it and integrate it in my life and then start living it and then and then the connection is is better than it was before Uh, yeah Um, yeah, and I think I think to me that's just that's my own experience of the mm. way the way that it goes. But it's interesting because, you know, yes, I speak to all these incredible people, and I'm definitely I'm definitely a different person because of the I'm because sure. of us. But yeah. I'm not sure. You know, in terms of in terms of parenting, you mm. know, I, I just mess it up all the time. <laughs> I'm just really yeah. happy that I. Know then think about that and reflect on it and speak to you know incredible experts about it and and Mm. I think I think anyone who has a platform and a podcast and sort of says that they don't do that I I, I'm really I'm really nervous of that like my experience that I create the podcast for me because I find motherhood and life actually really challenging I Mm. really do um because of you know that the stuff that I carry with me from Mm. generations of fear and pain and you know all of an addiction and all of that stuff I carry with me so I need a lot of help basically yeah Um, and yeah so the podcast is just part of that I also get help from weekly therapy I also get help from tons of healers and coaches I get Mm -hmm. I get a lot of help 
to help me try to shift some of that those patterns Mm. essentially and and be more and more who I am and feel more freer and freer but I do that really imperfectly and you know I I need this I need to do this work because Mm. without it I have a head that you know really gets me stuck in fear and Mm. worry and anxiety and yeah so I relate yeah yeah so so this is the the podcast and the work that I do with Motherkind is 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 a piece of a far bigger puzzle which is about Mm. how can I start to transform some of this stuff and some of it I'm doing really good job on some of it I'm not moving the needle on at all and that's okay that's totally okay (laughs) I don't need to be I don't need to be perfect and I think you know the more that I understand um you know family systems and constellations and generational patterning you know there are certain things that I'm here to shift in my lineage to shift for my girls you know maybe it's about seeing a woman really doing something that they're passionate about and they love because I've never seen that down my female line you know then maybe there are some other things that I'm not I'm not going to be able to um you know alchemize and change maybe that's going to my girls to do and that's fine yeah when we sort of think about it that way in a weird way it takes the it takes the pressure off me yeah Um, and it's not all on you to stop all of this in its tracks yeah that feels like a bit of a heavy load to task yourself with. yeah and I think when I first started the podcast you know I'd talk to guests and they would say you know are are you that um transformational figure in your lineage I and I would be like yes I am like I am the one and it stops with me and I would mm. you know the language that I would use around it and I, I'm really softening on Oof, all of yeah. that actually because yeah. because I realized that was too heavy a load yes. like that's such like, a big responsibility yeah and it is a big responsibility you know yeah. and I am doing I am doing my best to mm. shift um you know who I am and how I show up and how I operate I'm, I'm really am um but also I'm doing that really imperfectly. Because you're and, human and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, also I think I got so many incredible qualities from my parents. Mm. And I learned so much from their mistakes and the girls will be learning from my mistakes yeah, too. Exactly. So, yeah. I've really sort of the, uh, on the generational piece, I've really recently been able to just lighten mm, the load of that. Yeah, because I think when I was first a mum and I first started Motherkind, you know, I was like, I'm going to heal everything. You know, I'm just going to be this perfectly connected, healthy, spiritual, yeah. you know, and I'm going to get these amazing people and we're going to talk about doing that and I'm I'm going to do it and I'm going to help others. And, you know, that was amazing. But that's actually the more that you get into it, yeah. um, the the less you realise that's possible. And I think it's so true, you know, when you hear some really wise voices like Alan Watts or, you know, people of that ilk, you know, they say the sort of more that you know, the less you know. And I think that's definitely my experience. Like the deeper that I get into this, the more I realise, you know, I really don't know. It's just a drop in the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) And there's something, like you say, weirdly comforting about that. Like you're not here to know everything and you're not here to transform. 
here to contribute. I think that's yeah. the way that I think about it now. Mm. Like I'm super interested in this. Yes. I'm super passionate. I'm going to contribute as best as I can to this conversation. And, and experiences. Yeah, and experiences yeah. in my family, you know. I'm just going to contribute. I'm going to be in service the best that I can to my girls. And the way that I figured out to do that is to make sure that that, that I'm okay first. That you're looked after. Yeah, and that I'm looked after. So, so that's really how I how I managed the two. That was a long answer to your question. How it no, so lovely. Always love a long answer. Um, I'm also so fascinated about how your work began in your 20s, because that's actually quite unusual. I mean, yeah. a lot of people, that's really young to do that sort of transformative work. And I know no, you say prompted by like yeah. mental health episodes. I don't know like the extent of that, but it's a big deal to have made these huge shifts when a lot of the people around you are still very much in play and in you know like experimentation in a totally different way what was that like I was really lucky I don't think at the time I really I mean I didn't feel lucky at all but I now looking Mm. back that I was I was I was really lucky well you know I'd sort of very successfully hidden um Mm. lots of deep unhappiness really um achievement and success and the good girl adaptation and you know just pushing it all down and I was drinking a lot and I was partying a lot and I was very successful so I never really got a B I was the straight A I was just all about the sort of external and I had no real relationship to my to myself or my emotional self I had no idea how to unpack challenging feelings or emotions so I was just when you're in that place you, you don't really have any other option other than just just disconnect from yourself yeah exactly That's your only option um, and because- sometimes in that time when you don't have those skills is that that actually saves you do you know what I mean like we speak about that in such a negative way but yeah. also it's the way you protected yourself brilliant like my yeah. adaptations were absolutely genius because exactly. they ab- enabled me to keep functioning and actually yeah. they get they gave me loads like mm-hmm. I have a really really incredible CV not that it's any use to me now with what I do <laughs> I went and got a first in my degree and you know yeah. I'm really proud of all of that exactly. but I think there comes a time it works until it doesn't work yes and um it actually wasn't it was it was my family around me imploded in quite a spectacular okay. way okay. and um yeah I I found myself unable really to to cope even though I was still holding down a job in a corporate very sort of prestigious job prestigious corporate I on the inside I was having lots of bathroom floor moments you know Mm. where I was just sobbing on my bathroom floor and thinking I don't know what to do here I I can't Mm. so one night I turned to Google again (laughs) (laughs) and I found some help um in the form of 12-step recovery yeah. meetings. Okay. And I tried lots of different ones and I settled in a certain fellowship, which is about dysfunctional families. Okay. And um, that saved me really, because mm-hmm. in there I I really got the support that I needed and I learned about meditation and I learned about feeling feelings. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, I just the list is just incredible what I learned. But, you know, it, it was, I'm a very slow learner. So at that time I was still drinking um I was still partying a lot whilst beginning to understand a bit more about what where my anxiety and my fears and 
what I really wanted to do and my disconnection from myself might have come from. So it was sort of, you know, flip-flopping around a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I was super lucky, super lucky. I, I actually don't know what would have happened if I hadn't have um, found that resource when I was, when I was mm. that young. And because I was always the youngest, it was incredible because there was all this wisdom, all these incredibly, um, honest in the in those circles I don't know if some of your listeners might have experienced it in in 12-step meetings it's all anonymous and it's all confidential so people really share what's going on on their insides and for me as a 20 how old was I 23 24 gosh yeah 20s as well yeah because there are a lot of there are a lot of people who you know on the outside well, they would drive up in there. You know, I was in London in a, in a good area in London, right? So they would drive up in Range Rovers and get out. And I'd think, wow, like they've made it, you know? Because when you're 24, <laughs> <that's the thing. laughs> yeah, that's the in this circle in a cold sort of church hall, mm. and they would share what was really going on with them. Yeah. It was just, it was just the greatest gift of my life because I realized that the insides are the most important. Yeah, and I really just never tell what's going on for people. You know, and I started yeah. to realize, and I'd go out into the world, and I think, wow, everyone, we're all wearing this armor and these masks, and no one's really sharing what's going <sighs> on. And yeah, the room started to feel like the only real place in my life, really, where mm. everyone would just share, really just, honestly, yeah, yeah, what was what was really going on. And I think, you know, it's no, it's no coincidence that I then go on to do. A podcast some 10 11 12 years later for all those periods I mean I hate to add up the hours it would it would be nearing on 10,000 hours that I've sat and listened to stories and in a just just pure pure authenticity and pain and joy yeah. And, um yeah so I was I was really really lucky that that was that that was my experience and that's been that's continued to deepen for me that mm. ability to want to have the real conversation and I think that's really what triggered the start of mother kind because mm. I was so used to having these realer interactions and conversations in that forum and I could just not see it at all in the motherhood space in the parenting space and so lonely to have that experience of just like the disjuncture between what feels real and connected and what just feels like a little bit too shiny and smiley yeah exactly and it's different now you know there's there's way more people doing it like you and you know there's, yeah. there's incredible but when I first started there really wasn't there really mm. wasn't anything um so yeah it's it's no yeah. coincidence that my that my sort of journey was one of sitting and hearing and listening and speaking mm. I learned to listen you know I was just it's just unreal so and um, yeah yeah yeah, so that that's what it felt like getting that in my twenties. But you know, in recovery, we often say, you know, you know, you're only as you're only as good as how you are that day. So mm-hmm. you know, even though I've been thinking about this stuff and talking about it for a while now, you know, I'm only as good as as yeah. what I choose to do that day. Like, yeah. have I chosen to take some time for myself today? Have I chosen to connect with my feelings today? Have I chosen to take a minute just to breathe? Have I thought about, you know, am I doing trying to do too much today? You know, I'm only as good as a day, really. That's how I look at it. So, yeah, and that keeps yeah. me really, that keeps me just growing and sharing. And as I say, sort of hurting and then heal it and then, and then helping and then sharing. 
moving through that gosh I love that idea of you sitting in these kind of dark churches and listening to people's real stories I mean it's really like it's an intense thing I think I feel like I've done something similar in therapy and had that incredible privilege of being in the room like just listening to thousands and thousands and thousands of stories but for you to do that again like as a young 20 year old I almost want to say child because we are I feel like I felt like a child till I was at least 30 um and to have the kind of maturity and I wonder if you know how you talk about your the way you just googled stuff and that feels to me so remarkable is that that's you have this incredible ability to look for help and to look for ways to soothe yourself and to grow and to change and there's something like super remarkable about that about the like the Google metaphor of just, I know what to do. I know where to find help and I know where to look for it. And if nothing else, do you know what I mean? That's the biggest, the biggest point is that people really find that hard. They just get stuck in the sort of the feeling of it and then maybe in the inaction. But it seems like something about your family also led you to be very self-sufficient and to be able to Google for yourself. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's linked to hope, isn't it? I think one thing that, you know, when you're going through really hard times, you know, whether that's, you know, mm-hmm. your child's just received a diagnosis of something or, yeah. you know, you're in that first three months of motherhood and you just feel like you're losing your mind or maybe mm-hmm. you're divorcing. Or I think when you're going through those really hard things, it's the, the most important thing is, is this idea of hope is that, you know, this, this too shall pass. And for me, hope and help are really connected because when I feel like I can't cope with whatsoever go, whatever is going on, I always look for people that have been through it before. Mm. And ideally I want to be speaking to them, like yeah. on the podcast, yeah. connecting with them. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't have to be anyone who's written a book about, yeah. you know, it can be someone down the road. Mm. But I think, I think remembering that sense of community and reaching out because I know from my own experience if I try and solve my thinking Mm, yourself yeah (laughs) I literally go insane Mm. so the first thing that I've I've got really good at is is reaching out like if I'm struggling Mm. Thing. I, I will find someone really quickly who I think could help me and I'll say I'm going through this like how did you handle this what did you do I'm not saying what should I do yeah no one can tell me what I should do but I'm trying to learn from their experience mm. because we stand on the shoulders of giants you know there's nothing in this planet that I think someone's been through that someone else hasn't or even you know something similar yeah. and, and, and I think it's so easy in our sort of modern society to forget that ability to connect with each other to help mm. each other to support each other to you know even if it's as simple as like phoning you know when you're really really struggling in motherhood and there's someone at the school gates who you know child went through the same thing you know I would I have done that at the school gates like can I ask you like (laughs) yeah Yeah. the other day and she she was her kids were just eating a full plate of food mine Mm. have never done that so I said to her tell me what what are you doing how are you doing that and she just came out with all this incredible ideas she was like yeah and I was like wow I think (laughs) humility in, in just being able to say, mm. I really don't know the aunt. I don't know all the yeah. answers. You know, some people say that the three most spiritual words in the world are I don't know. And I think that's because when you're in that place of humility, mm. you are so open to help 
and ideas because why should I think that I know what to do with a six-year-old who won't eat I don't know like (laughs) and I think I think there's a there's such a joy in um being able to have that humility and Mm. instead of stepping into worry and overthinking I tend to step into sort of action I guess and, and asking and I'm really discerning as well you know to some extent with with who I ask I'll make sure that they've been through the same the same sort of challenge and yeah see what someone else has to say mm. that's a really important skill definitely and just like you said that reaching out and finding that you're not on your own I've uh, again related that so much around I'm a chatter so if I'm near somebody I will chat to them and ask them and um like I'm curious about the way that other people do things and my kids will often say like oh so much chatting please can we go but it also always sparks these like incredible conversations that you know maybe don't change your life but that leave you with a sense of I know another person in the area in which I live or there's somebody in this community that I'd never like had any interaction with and they live here and they have this whole life and and that we're not on our own as much as we imagine um and that we don't have to do all this stuff on our own yeah Exactly, because I think, you know, the way that we have our families set up now, typically, Mm. not always, of course, but typically, you know, we tend to be living away from our families, Mm. you know, if you've got a partner, often both of you are working or one of you's at home or, you know, the the, the way that we have modern families set up in the Western world is actually a very Mm. new way that we do it. It's only in the last sort of hundred years, really, that, that we do it that way. Mm. I think it's really easy to forget that, that actually the way that our brains are wired and the way that we're designed to thrive is in community, is in Mm. connection. You know, we are wired for Mm. connection. But I think with the way that, you know, in the past hundred years, society has gone. And then it's really easy to think, well, what's wrong with me? Why am I? Exactly. yeah actually it's there's there's nothing wrong with you the reason that you're finding it hard is because it is really hard it was never supposed to be this Mm. way um oh absolutely that nuclear family I think has done us all a disservice around the way we think about family the way that family changes shape I mean I do couples work mainly and that's so this point after having kids so when kids are around I don't know say like out of nappies from like three to five-ish and people catch their breath a little bit and lots of stuff tumbles out in relationships and mostly it's not about the couple mostly it's about their structure and their community like you say is that it's so hard like there's nothing wrong with you if you're struggling it's because this yeah world is not set up in the way that we're supposed to live and thrive um so it's important I think to talk about that and to say like you've just said it's not your fault this is like a, a systemic problem and it's and it's new like we don't even have proper ways of coping with it yet um we're doing it a different way because you're just in its infancy or hopefully it's ending um the way that we're talking about things but yeah the impacts are huge I don't I don't think we're supposed to mother or parent or even be in relationships in this way that kind of really separate mm. yeah for sure for sure. And I think the pandemic just really mm. accentuated and heightened yeah. all of that. And I think I think the fallout from that, particularly for mothers, actually, although for all mm. parents, I would say, 
I think we're going to be living with for a, for a good a good mm. number of years the collective trauma of of what happened and yeah it's it's mm. huge it's huge and it's really easy to downplay that in our day-to-day lives you know I do that I think well we're sort of yeah. out of it now you know it's fine you know I had a baby in the pandemic and sometimes I have to remind myself of that and what yeah. I've had and yeah and you know my ability to, to keep going and I kept mother kind going and I you know we, we were in lockdown and I had a newborn and I had a homeschooling Gosh. five-year-old oh going and I think I think it's really easy to go through an experience and move on from it but mm-hmm. I have learned from you know like Gabor Mate and mm-hmm. um, other incredible people who talk about big events and they would use the word traumatic events yeah. um that the most important thing is is not what you go through it's how you integrate it afterwards and how mm. you process it afterwards and make sense of that experience and learn and grow from it mm. so I think that's really really important for people to to not forget because the tendency and I know this because yeah. I yeah. myself is to just go that's done let's move on absolutely and it takes a you know it does take courage as well to think okay I'm just gonna I'm gonna figure out what my thoughts and feelings are about this you know Mm. what what I need do I need some do I need some support um how am I going to just take a moment what does my body need Mm. we're so intuitive I think I think if we take that space for ourselves regularly that muscle of being able to figure out what we need gets stronger and stronger. Yeah. You know, if someone hasn't been doing that and I would say to them, what do you need? Of course they, they wouldn't, they wouldn't know mm. because that level of disconnect, just like I had um, when I was on pure survival mode in my early twenties. But I think over time, you know, if you take that time, you know, every day, it's mm. 10 minutes just to lie and breathe and just get into your body a little bit and then start to think, what do I need? You know, the answers will come in my experience mm. over time. And I think it's really important to do that, you know, for for mother, all mothers to to do that. Yes. Otherwise, yeah. we're just on that sort of running mode. Mm, we're carrying all of that in our bodies. I mean, I think about what you say about mums in in the pandemic, and imagine having your first experience of motherhood or any experience of motherhood in a pandemic all on your own. And like you say, people have moved on in the sense that oh, things are open, so we should be fine. Um, but I, I worry about the kind of grief around your first experience of motherhood, you know, being kind of stolen from you in some way and and that you're disconnected again from all of the structures that are actually there. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just for me, that feels actually really painful to witness in people like that yeah. you've had a baby in lockdown. It's just, it just feels not OK. You know, all the stuff that goes with that. Yeah, it's incredibly, incredibly hard. And, you know, I don't I don't know what the answer is because mm. also systems here um, to support people with that are, are also overstretched. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's an incredibly, incredibly challenging situation. But mm. I do know the first place to start is always with recognising that and mm. just having, allowing that chink of compassion and kindness mm. to to come in. You know, just mm. recognizing, gosh, you know, I've been through a lot. And even just saying that, I think there's a sort of an, an ease and a, and a balm. And, and, you know, I think just that idea of recognizing everything that we hold and taking that moment to see that it can be a chink in that sort of armor, which can set you off in a, in a different direction. 
I love that. Yeah, I really love that. Just opens you up in a particular way. There's an entry point to begin looking at things. Mm. Um, oh, thank you, Zoe. It was so, so lovely to chat to you. And you seem to be just like a well of wisdom and um, a conduit of wisdom as well. It just feels like you have this incredible ability to seek out these stories and gather people um, in this kind of mini campfire of yours. And yeah, I'm really grateful that there are people like you in the world doing things like this. Um, it really leaves people more connected already. So yeah, thank you so much for chatting with me. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you very much. It's been a joy. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. If you'd like to get in touch with Zoe or to follow her work, you can find her at motherkind.co and you can find her podcast also called Motherkind wherever you get your podcasts. As I mentioned before, she's a transformational coach and does run one-to-one coaching and courses. I think her one-to-one is fully booked indefinitely but the next course she's running will be in March of 2022 and this sounds like a wonderful small group I think she only takes 10 women to work through reconnecting with yourself and finding out what it is you need and um, how to set boundaries how to look after yourself so if that sounds interesting you can head over to her website um, and please do share this episode if anything's resonated please do get in touch Um, I always love to hear from people all right see you next week Thank you so much for being here today. If you'd like to get in touch, I'm on Instagram at grounded underscore families. You can send me a DM or a voice note to my DMs or an email. I'd so love to hear from you. Please do like, share and subscribe this podcast. It really, really helps to get the podcast out in front of more listeners. And I'll see you again next week. Take care. Take care.